Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Natural Man podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only. and should not be construed as medical advice or a diagnosis of any kind or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man podcast podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcomes that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of The Natural Man Podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of The Natural Man Podcast. This is The Natural Man Podcast. Is your cell phone harming you? Is it bad for you? We're all on our phones all the time. Everybody's got their phone to their head. Everybody's wearing Bluetooth technology. Everybody's walking around using wireless technology. Is it unhealthy? It's a pretty controversial subject, and we've talked about it in the past here on the Natural Man podcast. And today, we're going to kick it over to an expert. So we've got Mike Camilleri here. He's the owner of Safeguard Solutions in Toronto, Canada. He's a building biologist. He's an EMF specialist. He does in-home EMF assessments. He has studied at the Building Biology Institute, and he's the CEO and founder of Toronto-based Safeguard Solutions. His company helps people lower EMF exposures in their home, and he teaches them how to live better. Mike, so glad you're here, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No, for sure. For sure. We've been talking for a while and I know we've, you know, we're both busy guys. So we're like putting it off and we're buddies. So we're like always texting each other. So I'm glad we finally made this happen. You're a busy dude. You're doing a lot of this work. You're helping people and I'm a big fan of what you do. And so thank you. Yeah, man, absolutely. Now, now tell our audience, tell our listeners, what are EMFs and why should we be concerned about them? Yeah, absolutely. So EMFs uh, stand for electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic frequencies. There's several different terms for it. Um, But it's basically broken down into four categories. So the four categories, I always break it down. And this is just kind of so that people can easily understand it. Okay. Um, The first one is the one we always hear about, which is high frequency RF, wireless radiation right? Um, That's anything that is wireless. So it could be your cell phone, your laptop, your computers, anything that uses a signal to communicate wirelessly traveling through the air. Right. Um, The second type and the third type are actually connected any it's anything connected to electricity. So electric fields and magnetic fields, you'll find um, higher levels of electric fields and magnetic fields um, on things such as uh, refrigerator stoves, air conditioning units, power bars, 
Um, anything connected to electricity usually has a, an electric field and a magnetic field, right? And we studied this simply because of the fact that our bodies are conductive and the, the frequencies that run through our body can be easily interrupted if our body stores too much of these electric fields. And we'll get more into mm -hmm. that later. But um, the fourth type is, is also a new one and it's something that is becoming more and more uh, concerning about is dirty electricity and dirty electricity is one that is basically it's frequencies that are higher than 60 hertz um, or much lower than 60 hertz and 50 60 hertz is our standard electrical frequency that everything runs on so our stoves our refrigerators right. everything is 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 rated for 60 hertz right okay and so does every single home in North America, whether you're in Canada where you are or in the U.S. where we are, does every single home have EMFs? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, all of our homes have EMFs, right? And it, there's I, I break it down into two different sections. There's internal internal components to that and there's external electromagnetic fields right so mm -hmm. externally we have our cell towers our smart meters our small cell antennas um we have our neighbors wi-fi and modem signals right um yeah. inside the house we have a lot more right smaller components um i mean we have our ring doorbells we have our um Wi-Fi modems, right? We have mm -hmm. our computers, our cell phones. All that stuff is usually stuff we find inside the home, right? All of our smart devices, right? And yep. then we have also inside the home, we have our low-frequency electric and magnetic field issues too, right? So like electric electric, um, and dirty electricity falls under that too. I mean, dimmer, we have our dimmer switches, Right, we have um, our workstations where we work all day long. So our power bars and our the the you know um, electric fields that come off of our computers and our printers and all this stuff. So these are all things that we can control, and that's what I really focus on with clients is getting these small devices under control because mm -hmm. it makes what we call like a total exposure measurement larger, right? But yeah. if we can control those, then it, we can limit our um the amount of emfs that our body's being um composed to okay so how does somebody know that emfs are a problem for them most people say they feel okay they use their phone they got their routers on there's never an issue so like how does somebody get to a point where they call a specialist like you to come into their home because this isn't common information no absolutely it's not you know and i mean Usually it's it, a lot of my clients are um, a lot of people are falling sick nowadays and they have no idea why. Right. And, mm -hmm. and the biggest thing about why we should be concerned about EMFs is because it basically impairs our body from healing. Right. So if we have a lot of underlying conditions going on. Right. Let's talk about like mold toxicity. Right. Yeah. Um, EMFs amplifies these things. Right. So if you have somebody who's already ill their bodies cannot heal properly when they're in an environment that is high in electromagnetic fields. It, imp it, it impairs the body's ability to be able to, to heal, right? And mm -hmm. that's why building biology, a lot of what we study is in the bedroom, 
right? So I focus mainly on bedrooms when I go into people's homes and areas of the home where we spend the most time because that's where our bodies go to shut down at nighttime. And of course, when we're shutting down at nighttime, we're sleeping, we're um, resting, recovering and healing, right? So if you are in an environment where it's high in EMFs, it's counteracting your body's ability to be able to heal at nighttime while you're sleeping. Yeah. And you know, that's a mistake people often make. You, You hear these different things. Well, I don't know why we sleep. You know, I don't need to sleep a lot. You know, we hear that a lot. People like burning the midnight oil. Yeah. But when we go to sleep, our bodies don't shut down. Like when we go to sleep, our organs start kicking into high gear. Our liver starts doing things that mm-hmm. it isn't able to do during the day. Um, I was just listening to a podcast earlier this morning about all the stuff the kidney does at, at night. So there's just certain things that your body does at certain times of day. And people think when they're sleeping, everything's just shutting down. You know, your heart rate comes down a lot. But why does your heart rate come down a lot? Because you're not burning that same energy that you are like you and I right now because we're up and about. We're moving about our days. We're, we're here talking. We're awake. But we don't need that extra um, blood flowing the way we do when we're up and about. But our other organs take precedent and start doing things to to heal from all the damage we did that day. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. 100%. So, I mean, that that's interesting that, you know, you guys focus on the bedroom and sleeping areas and it makes perfect sense. So like walk us through an in-home assessment. So you walk into a client's home for the first time. What happens? What do you do first? What do you look at? What do you ask the client? How do you know what to proceed, how to proceed? So we, the first thing that we usually do is, I mean, I have a checklist that I use with clients with all kinds of different symptoms that are related to electromagnetic fields and mold testing, right? And I think that those, I have the client fill those out ahead of time so that I kind of have a good idea as to what's going, what they're experiencing, right? Right. And um, that when I get there, I usually sit down with the client, I get to know them a little bit, understand what they're going through, what their health are, what their health concerns are, what their goals are. And then we, I let them know uh, kind of how we walk through what we are going to be doing for the, for, for the, during the assessment. And um, what I'm doing, what I'm looking for is a baseline for everything that's going on inside the home as well. But I look for things like wireless cameras on your home, wireless cameras on neighbors' homes. Are there any cell towers that I can visually see? Are there small cell antennas that I can visually see? Um, you know, those types of things. Where's the positioning of the air conditioning unit on the outside of the house, the electrical in-service? These are all things that basically impact the um, our total exposure measurements inside the home, right? And when we come inside the home and we're starting our assessment, what I do is I go floor by floor. I scan each floor um, using my directional antennas on my gigahertz solutions equipment. Um, we only use state-of-the-art gigahertz solutions equipment on our in our assessment. And um, so we're basically uh, looking, checking for sources at that point, right? So I'm, I, floor by floor, I'm checking for are there cordless telephones, are there smart devices, are there smart TVs, all, anything that gives off a wireless RF signal, I'm, I'm, I'm searching that, that, that floor for that, right? And then we do our magnetic test, magnetic field testing, electric field testing, looking for wiring errors, um, all those types of things. And, um, 
basically um, we we document everything, um, and then I switch over from from uh, source finding to total exposure measurements. So total exposure measurements are basically measurements that we're taking now um, with a, a different kind of antenna that measures 360 degrees. And what this essentially does is it gives us an overall picture, right, yeah. of the amount of radiation that's in that particular part of the room, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we do that floor by floor. We do it in the living room. We do it in the basement. We do it in the upstairs in the bedroom, each of the bedrooms. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what the assessments would look like. We also do body voltage testing and dirty electricity testing as well. So do you always find something? Like have you ever gone into a home and given them a clean bill of health or, do, or is there always radiation creeping um, around somewhere? I've been, in, I've been in homes where the EMFs have actually been very, very low, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, sometimes you get the the uh, client that who knows almost as much as I mm -hmm. do. Right. And are very, uh, very tentative to it because of the fact that um, they want to live that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Right. And so they will go the extra mile to dot the I's and cross the T's to make sure that they, they're not they don't have any EMS. In it. And that makes my job easier, obviously, because um, education levels are, are, are much higher and I don't have to educate them on as much. And. Um, and then you go into other homes where it's like tech city, yeah. right? And that's one of the biggest things. And it's it's very hard to convince somebody who is very tech-minded that they have to get rid of these things, right? So yeah. it, for me, what it all comes down to is you got to keep that stuff out of the bedroom, yeah. right? Um, but again, the more that you can kind of control and limit yourself to mm – -hmm. Um, in terms of like RF exposure, the cleaner your house is going to be in terms of EMFs, right? I mean, you can be using tech gear in your in your in your basement or your living room, and these RF um, frequencies and radiation that comes off those frequencies it bleeds through walls like nothing. Yeah. Right. Think about a modem. You set up a modem in the basement. You're still getting Wi-Fi upstairs in the in the, on the third floor. How does that happen? Right. That happens because of the fact I don't use any extenders in my house, nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it, but that that typically happens because these wireless waves are designed to pass through the pass through walls, pass through windows. And um, that's why, you know, in order to get your home as low as possible, that's why we do a complete scan of each floor to identify the sources. So we're on our phones all the time. Like you and I communicated on our phones before we hopped on this podcast today, right? We're, we're, everybody's on their phones constantly. Everywhere I go, somebody's talking on a phone or, or texting somebody or whatever it is. So if these are bad for us, like how do we mitigate this? What What's the first step in trying to combat this issue? Well, you know, I think that the one of the biggest things is right now is um, – I think cellular companies are actually starting to get smarter in terms of uh, like with Apple mm -hmm. and Samsung, they have actually are starting to design their phones um, to have lower SAR levels. Um, SAR is the specific absorption okay. rate. Um, and basically the best thing you can do is if you are going to use your phone, you have to use your phone, um, use it on speaker. Yeah. Right. Don't put it up to your ear or your head near your head. Right. That's the first thing. And I mean, we can also do it. Um, you can you can pick up a set of uh, 
uh, wired earphones right. as well, right? So that you can put your phone down and have the have the wired earphones um, so that you can get the audio that way, right? That's another that's another tip. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are are switching over from cell phones to um, like VoIP, right? Um, which is like internet based uh, telephones. And, and that's another, that's another thing they're doing. But I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to walk into someone's house and, you know, tell them you can educate them on all the dangers there. Right. But I mean, in the seventies and eighties, when they were starting to say, you know, cigarettes are bad for you. One of the biggest things was it's, it's almost impossible to actually get individuals to, you know, because they want it. Right. They, they, they want, they want it. So they don't care as much about the, the hazards of it. Right. So it's the same thing with cell phones is like, how do you get people to live without their cell phones? It's, it's almost impossible. All we can really do is to get them to live smarter with their cell phones. So that's what I kind of work with. So we see cell towers going up all around us. Um, in the city where I live, they're getting closer and closer to people's residences. So what does somebody do if a cell tower goes up like next door or, you know, near their backyard? Um, what steps can they take? Do they have to move? Can they still stay there? Is it a dangerous spot now? Like, what's your opinion of that? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know what? I mean, the thing is, is you can't run from it, yeah. right? It's something that is getting closer and closer to home every single day. And I mean, I'll tell you the one thing that you, about, uh, radio frequency, wireless radiation is that it's pretty easy to shield from, right? I'm a big believer in the EMF paint, and um, I have a cell tower right in behind my house, and I've shielded my my walls of my home, um, and it was uh, labor intensive, and it's not the the cheapest material to 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 use, um, but it's extremely effective. So it's a paint and. Um, yeah, it's an EMF paint. You paint on the wall. It's mm-hmm. a black paint, and um, it's graphite based, uh, made by mm-hmm. Y Shield. And um, when you put it on the wall, it dries and hardens like a shield, right? So what happens is when the cell tower radiation is coming off these towers, it's basically hitting the it's hitting the the wall and bouncing back away or reducing to almost oh, wow. nothing, right? So. Yeah, so I, I usually recommend two to three coats of that paint on outside outer walls uh, for these types of things. And I mean, it's not just cell towers, too, Mike. Right? It's it's uh, um, mm-hmm. smart meters and also small cell antennas, right? Which are the, the small cell antennas communicate with the cell towers. Um, we don't have much of the small cell antennas in Canada yet, but I know that you guys right. do have them yeah. in the U.S. and it's becoming a, a big problem. And I mean, building biology recognizes this and i mean the tech giants they they don't yeah right and i mean all we can do is educate people and people don't people don't look at what's on light poles you know like life is already so fast-paced that you know they they, people just they walk by it and they don't notice it they don't look at it but i can tell you before i got into all this i never noticed cell towers or anything like that where power lines were located yeah right um, and now I see everything, Yeah. right? So it's, it's, it's like when you buy things. that certain model car, you never saw it before. And then when you, when you have that car, it's everywhere. You, got right? it. you see every single one on the road. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> there's some people that'll say, well, I'm not sensitive to EMFs. I don't feel it. So are those people fine or does it still affect their biology? Like on the, on the health tip? No, absolutely. You know, I, I talk to a lot of clients and they tell me, right. They're like, um, clients that are sensitive to it today. They, they tell me, they're like, you know, I wasn't always, I wasn't, I wasn't like this, yeah. you know, a, a year ago. Right. And, and one day I just, I started to not feel well and it just got progressively worse. And, you know, it's, it, there's so many factors into EMFs and the way that they affect mm -hmm. the body. And, and that's one of the, that's one of the hardest things to deal with, right. Is that like, you got to really be very lean with it. It's almost like our diet. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and it's, it's, it's what you want to get out of it, right? How much do you want to do? How much can you do? How much are you willing to do? Right. Because I can tell you, Mike, like part of my assessment is you don't, you don't need to buy anything from me. You don't need any shielding materials for, for the most part. In some cases, you just need to look at what our recommendations are in terms of the changes you need to make on the inside of the house. Right. And then go from there with it, because there's a lot of little things that you can do inside the home that absolutely cost you nothing. And, and, and those are the things that we, that we need to do, but people don't know. They don't yeah. know about it. Right. Like our, our alarm clocks, our, our heaters, our, our, our table lamps in our bedrooms. Yeah. Right. They all give off really, really high levels of, of electric, of electric fields. And that's where I usually start right is is when we're in the bedroom i i educate the client on on how electric fields affect mm -hmm. the body right and it's um it's basically at different frequencies and dirty electricity right but at the same time like um our bodies conduct these electric fields these frequencies right, right? and what happens is it interferes with the frequencies that are in our body already and um, those are uh, all basically comes down to our body voltage levels as well, right? So that's one really big thing that we really heavily target on an assessment as well is body voltage testing, right? So we basically look to manipulate the breaker panel to be able to find out what breakers, what circuits are, are affecting our body voltage levels the most. And then through that, we come up with a strategy on how to limit the amount of um, electric fields our body is absorbing and, and, and contain and holding on to storing. Right. And that's why you hear now a lot about earthing mm -hmm. and, um, how big of a, of a, of a thing that is in terms of our health and it's the natural release of these electric fields from our body back to the earth. Right. But I've heard that sometimes it's not safe to put your feet on the ground if you're near a substation or a utility station. Is there any truth to that? Is earthing safe in densely populated areas? Is safe. Yeah. So there, I mean, in, in, in building biology, we hear a lot about the um dirty yeah. grounds right so in some time and that goes not just in to the earth but i mean what's happening essentially is these electrical lines are all being run underground now right so before in a lot of residential areas we would get <laughs> sorry mike 
we would get these power lines that are run yeah. overhead, right? And attached to the homes. And you still see that in older neighborhoods, exactly, right? Exactly. Yep. And nowadays what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of it run underground, right? So, I mean, one of the big things there is that it, it's saturating the soils and the earth with electric fields, right? So right. you're getting you're getting a dirty ground, right? Essentially when you're trying to earth and it makes the problem worse. So, I mean, that's why realistically, and I mean, it's going real deep here on the building biology side, but I mean, if you really want to um, measure that earth (laughs) before doing earthing, then, I mean, electricians usually have the tools to to check that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's something that it is. I, I believe it is a real thing. How many people actually check? That's another thing. But I mean, it's yeah. the same type of thing, right? When we're doing grounding and earthing inside our homes, right? When we, when we, um, the a lot of us use the receptacle outlet with the ground wire because it it goes down to the electrical panel, and the electrical panel is grounded to the grounding rods outside of the house, and those go deep down into mm-hmm. the earth. But what happens is if you have a dirty ground. Right. It, it counteracts everything you're trying to do. Yeah. And I used to have one of those, I used to have one of those earthing mats that I bought from a company and yep. I used it for years and yep. I never got better. I felt like I just got worse because I was just pulling from the dirty ground. Is that, does that sound right to you? It's something that is so inconclusive. Mike. Really? Um, yeah. It's something that's so inconclusive. And I mean, that's one of the things like you hear a lot too, uh, in the U.S. and in Canada, and um, about these whole house uh, dirty electricity filtration systems, it's the same thing, right? It's just so inconclusive in terms of um, what works, what doesn't work. I mean, we have our our building biology, we have our strategies and our training on how we handle these issues. I kind of stick to those, yeah. right? Um, I have to believe that if an outlet is grounded, that it, it's, it's, it's gotta be a clean ground, right? Unless you know, somebody comes in and proves me otherwise, and it's so hard to do that. Um, that's what I'm using. Right. But yeah, that's, there are whispers about it, but yeah, absolutely. So, so define yeah. dirty electricity. You've kind of explained it, I guess, but like just for anybody that might be confused by that term. What is it exactly? So, I mean, dirty electricity is, it's, it's, it's electricity that comes into our homes, right? There's two different types of dirty electricity and I'll go through that. But I mean, the first one, the most important one is the one that comes in from the utility company, right? So what happens is power comes in underground overhead through our in-service panels, right? At 60 Hertz, right? But what happens is 60 Hertz is considered to be, um, clean power, right? So it's that nice, beautiful scene wave right? That flows up and down, up and down. But what happens is with dirty, the power is not always clean when it comes into our homes, right? So you get a lot of surges and um, choppiness, right? So basically mm-hmm. it's it's frequencies that are much higher than 60 hertz and it's frequencies that are much lower than 60 hertz, right? Um, yeah. And that's that's the dirty power, the dirty electricity. Electricians know it as harmonics, Right. Um, so that flows. So they're like neighboring frequencies that shouldn't be there you along got with the regular electric 60 yes. hertz that yeah. we see. Is that sound right? It is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, that's what we want to do is um, so these 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 this dirty power, it it runs through the, the uh, Romex mm-hmm. cables in our walls. 
right? And um, if you take your electric field meter, Mike, you can you can actually see the electric fields bleeding off of the wiring in the walls, right? If you hold wow. that up to the to the to the wall itself, you'll see it, and um, that's why when a lot of people are building custom homes, and I'll tell you one thing, people who live in condos, they have a major advantage over us residential homeowners because it what people in close quarters yep why i would think it's the opposite i'll tell you why because what happens is um when they build these condominiums at least here in canada they use um they use shielded cable instead of romex right so what happens really? is that shielded cable um it it withstands a lot of the dirty electricity and the electric fields, it doesn't let it out right into the okay. open air. Right. And that's, that's so it, it that is, um, Romex cable uses a very, very thin sheathing, right? So it, it bleeds right. off very easily out of that sheathing, but with shielded cable, it holds it in. Right. So it's not, it doesn't come out. And, um, that's why always one of the highest recommendations for if you're building a custom home is to uh, invest a little bit more and get the shielded cable because you then can eliminate a lot of the electric fields and dirty electricity problems. Right? So why do they shield those cables only in condo units and like, you know, apartment complexes? What's the, why would they do that and not in regular homes? Um, well, I think in condo units, they um, it's it's more of a commercial grade, right? It's more commercial grade mm -hmm. uh, products that they're using. Um, it's the same reason that in residential homes, right, you'll find that they use aluminum in-service cables for electricity, uh, for the electrical that comes in to your home. And then it's all switched over to copper afterwards, right? Because what happens right. is the in-service cables are, are really thick gauged cables for them to use copper at that point is going to cost them a lot of money. Right. So what happens right. is they switch it over, but then it's actually, I think it's, it's, um, becoming, um, like insurance companies and stuff like that. They don't like using the aluminum wired cables because they overheat very easily. Right. And when they overheat, mm -hmm. you get a lot of electrical and fires and stuff like that. Right. So mostly you'll see copper based wiring at that point from um, hmm. going forward. But it, it, it all comes down to money, I think, anyways. But um, yeah, of course. Yeah. So that that's one type of dirty electricity is on the wiring. Right. So um, that we call um, line dirty electricity. And then we also have mm -hmm. field dirty electricity, which is dirty electricity that is emanates through the air. Right. And this one is just as dangerous, but it basically it stems from a lot of sources where you, the electricity gets chopped up. Right. So we're talking about like with variable speed motors and fans and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of dirty electricity that way and comes airborne. And then that's where a lot of problems happen with our bodies are just conducting all this dirty electricity. Right. This dirt yeah. storing all these bad frequencies. And that's kind of like the whole cycle of everything of how how that kind of comes about but again um for line emf the 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 way that we usually um you know get rid of that is we use filters right so there's a couple different kinds of filters out there and um mm -hmm. that, that we use and 
I mean, there's Greenway filters and there's Stetzer filters. Those are the two most common ones. There's a couple other brands, but they basically filter out different freq different frequencies out of the bad frequencies. They try to catch the most common ones. And right. um, I can tell you they're very effective. I think they're very effective. Um, mm -hmm. You just want to make sure you don't keep them around the bed, the bed because they do give off a magnetic field as well. Oh, so those actually have their own fields? Uh, yes, yeah. So they do give off a magnetic field, but I mean, it's fine. It's not It's not a major issue. It's just if you have the reason that we do that is if you think about like receptacle outlets around the room itself, um, you know, you might have one right beside the bed and you might have one on the other side of, uh, you know, further away from the bed, right? Where I would yeah. target whenever I do dirty electricity filter installations, I, I show the client, first of all, um, the different areas, um, you might get, hopefully they're all in the same circuit because what happens is if you plug in one filter on one, on one wall, it, as long as the other receptacle outlet is on the same circuit, then it's going to reduce that one as well. So you only need one filter for each circuit, right? For the most yeah. part. Um, but yeah, that, those are the things that we kind of check for. So if you just go to the breaker panel and turn off the circuits for that particular room or that space in the home. Yep. Does that alleviate the problem? Yeah, absolutely. So when we do our um, our body voltage testing, we identify the circuits that are causing the biggest problems, right? And then what we do is we, um, I'll give you a, a, a real basic example here. I, I did uh, some body voltage testing for my wife and um, in, in our master bedroom. And mm -hmm. I was actually able, her baseline uh, body voltage was about 800 millivolts. And um, we were able to reduce that to 150 um, by turning off one breaker, right? So we, really, yep, we kind of got lucky in that way because that one breaker was just our master ceiling light, right? So by having that one breaker turned off, it it basically allows your body, um, the body voltage to to stay at 150 millivolts um, during the nighttime while you're sleeping. Right. Um, and, and, you know, doctors, naturopaths are finding a, a, a link to a lot of illnesses. Right. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of um, if our body voltage is too high. Right. And it right. comes back to how how these frequencies are interacting with with our body. Right. And um, uh, where we are, we are made up of electricity. Right. So it's, yeah. yeah, electrical uh, EMFs impact, impact our body 100%. So do you turn off the power in your bedroom at night? Do you turn uh, off that breaker? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we keep it off. And I mean, if you actually think about it, Mike, the thing is, is like you, nowadays we have, we have table light, table lamps, we have natural light from outside, right? Mm -hmm. We really don't need that ceiling master light. Right. Right. And um, so if you for us, we were lucky because it's just one breaker. It's just one light. And, you know, um, we could we could live without it. Right. For some people yeah. that that breaker might be something completely different. Right. So it's it really right. is on a case by case basis. And um, that those, those breakers by by turning them off, if it's something that you can live without, it's an easy decision. Right. But I mean, you, sometimes mm -hmm. you run into situations where. The breaker, I could have got, I, I could have got it a lot less than 150 millivolts, right? If I had a, you know, tried to maybe turn off a second or a third breaker, right? But it, like from a neighboring room, 
from a neighboring room or even from um, sometimes it's the, you know, the lights underneath the bedroom, right? That if you have right. pot, maybe you have pot lights underneath the bedroom that are, you know, um, lighting up the, the dining room, right? That can, mm -hmm. that can be an important, uh, important factor too in, in how it affects our body voltage. And, um, wow. yeah, so it's, it's all these little things that, that kind of add up and that's what we kind of do every day on assessments. So someone can buy an EMF meter online. I've been in circles of people in the past and even recently where they bought their own EMF meter. But I also have heard that those consumer grade meters are not as accurate as the professional grade stuff that building biologists use. Is there any truth to that? Um, I think so. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, it's the sensitivity of these antennas. Right. So like, for example, like, I mean, you can buy a 200 to $250 meter off of uh, Amazon or from one of your local EMS stores. And, um, you know, those meters are, I think they're great. I have one. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I use it for a lot of little things, but the gigahertz solutions, professional brand, they, they, the technology behind it that they invest in the antennas, all these different things are made up of different they're measuring different frequencies i have i have antennas that basically will filter out radio radio waves right what i mean by that is um like for example if i use one of my rf meters in an area where they have a radio tower right mm -hmm. and i don't want to know frequencies from a radio tower because I'm more worried. I'm only worried about frequencies and radiation coming off the cell towers, right? So, I have I have um, antennas that will filter out that those radio frequency frequencies, so that I can. You talking about radio stations? Yes, yeah. So that okay. I can only see the cell tower radiation, right? So there's right. there's a lot of science and technology behind it and the, the sensitivity of these, you can't compare them, right? But I always tell clients, these all-in-one meters are fantastic. You can't go wrong with them, right? I mean, mm -hmm. not everybody's gonna want to invest $3,000 for a meter, right? Right. And that's why I think it just, when it comes down to it, it's 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 it really is, it's okay, right? Like, I mean, it, it, they do the job. They, they, they will show you the amount of radiation. Maybe it's, maybe they're not going to get the same number, right? But there's other professional brand meters outside of Gigahertz Solutions that do the same as mine, and they cost more than my Gigahertz Solutions meters, and they'll give you a different number than what I get, and that's okay too, right? It's just cal everything mm -hmm. is calibrated differently as well. Right. My, my, that's the one thing about electromagnetic fields is you never get the same number. Right. Um, um but that's okay. That's, that's just kind of part of it and how it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, we work with that. Right. Um, but no, the all in ones, my favorite. Um, I mean, one of the most, a couple of the most popular ones is, you know, the Trifield TF2. And I use the Cornet ED88T plus two, uh, meter. Um, that one goes up to I think it's eight gigahertz, um, which is which is fantastic, right? And it it's sound signature. It has the uh, you know it shows you the frequency 
Uh, it has data logging on it. It's it's a great little meter, and it, it costs about mm -hmm. two hundred and fifty dollars or so, right? So, that it's great in that way. Do you have the Wi-Fi on in your own home? Um, so we use. I actually um, my my modem is in the basement, and we okay. use um, we I we use a cover an RF um, Wi-Fi modem cover uh, that mm -hmm. I designed um, to cover the modem uh, to block a lot of the RF wireless radiation that comes off the modem itself, um, and then I have hard wiring throughout the home that we use uh, for for different rooms for the offices. Um, like so, Ethernet? Uh, yeah, Ethernet-based, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this these boxes that you that you uh, design and put on, on Wi-Fi routers, does that not block the signal so that people can't access the, the signal from their devices? No, it doesn't. No, it blocks the radiation, but the Wi-Fi signal is still active. Um, I can tell you firsthand that it basically I'd be getting a lot of complaints <laughs> from family <laughs> members if it was blocking the Wi-Fi. So no, I haven't had any complaints uh, in terms of Wi-Fi signal. And you know what? I always tell clients that like, I'll be honest, I work around, I work in my office maybe an hour a day and mm -hmm. uh, my office is on the third floor of the home and the modem's in the basement. So it's, it's, it's their opposite sides of the home. But at the same time, what happens is that if, um, if I find that I am getting lagging, and sometimes I do, right? Because we use a very, very strong RF foil at rated at 120 dB um, in terms of the radiation. So we sometimes I'll get a lag. And if that's the case and it's interrupting my flow of work, then I'll just go downstairs, take the box off the modem, and put it back on when I'm done working. But I mean, it, how I, often does that happen? Not very often at all. <laughs> it, okay. It, it, yeah, it's not very often at all, and it it because our computers are hardwired in our offices, it doesn't really impact very much, to be honest with you. So, how'd you get into this business? Like, this isn't a typical line of work. What what steered you in in this direction? I basically focused on um, shielding strategies and technical support for EMF meters. And um, I learned so much about it and I kind of started to fall in love with it. So basically what I was doing from there is I started doing courses on it. And through when I started doing courses about it, a lot of people call EMF like a rabbit hole because it just, <laughs> it never ends and it just goes on and on and on and on. But it's it's not like that. Like we're, I learn more and more every single day. And um, yeah. I kind of fell in love with it, and I realized the importance of it, and I really liked helping people. So it was something that I just got into, and the passion was there. And it just – from there, it, that's that's how it all starts, right? And that's, to me, the most important part. Oh, that's awesome, man. We need more people like you. You know Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, for sure. How do you deal with skeptics? Because not everybody believes this stuff. Some people think everything, you know, wireless yeah. radiation is safe. How do you deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be mindful and respectful of people's opinions, right? And um, it's, sometimes it hurts. <laughs> I mean, it's my yeah. work, right? It's my, yeah, yeah. It's, it's what I believe and it's what I'm passionate about. So, you know, there's always going to be people out there that are, that knock it or people out there that, you know, think I'm crazy or that. Right. But the thing is, you're wearing a tinfoil hat. 
<laughs> no, yeah, exactly. But it's it's not like that at all, right? Like, I mean, if you really think about it, like, it's um, I think deep down people just have to if if they can if <coughs> sorry, Mike, mm-hmm. if they can settle down and focus for a minute just to listening to what I'm saying, they'll see as well, right? That yeah. what I'm saying makes sense. Right. And I mean, the thing is, is a lot of the strategies that I use, they don't involve like, you know, changing, changing um, things in your home that is going to completely turn things upside down. Right. There's solutions for all of these things. It's just a matter of what are you going to allow me to help you with. Right. Right. And some people are open to a lot of things and some people are are open to just, you know, basic things. And that's okay. That's fine, right? It's the education level of, of, of what we're helping people to understand is what makes the biggest difference. And I mean, sometimes they go into a lot of homes and, you know, it's hard to tell a husband that, you know, his whole smart center tech, you know, yeah. dream basement is crawling with EMFs and electromagnetic fields and it's affecting the whole house itself, right? Yeah. Including the bedrooms. And I mean, the solution to that is, right? You don't have to get rid of all that stuff, but let, let, let's let take a look at the bedrooms and how can we how can we maybe shield the bedrooms from, from the EMFs, right? And right. we don't have to go back to living like cavemen in order to live healthy and safe. Yeah. No, that's that's well put. And you know, I once heard a a building biologist, um, which really drove it home for me. He said, uh, "If you turn off that power around you, like we were talking about before at the breaker, you more emulate the environment that you would have when you go camping." So, what happens when people go camping? Typically, they sleep better. They're less stressed. They're more relaxed. They're more connected mm-hmm. with nature. And I think part of that is just the harmony of the environment. And the lack of the artificial artificial environment that we've created for ourselves. So yeah. that really that's a great way to tell people who are skeptics, like, look, this is not this is not the natural environment we were designed to be in. Right? Like we've created yeah. this false, this this fake uh man-made, it's not fake, it's real, but we've created this man-made environment that's not so harmonious with ourselves and our bodies. And, you know, we have illnesses today that we didn't have a hundred years ago and all that stuff's manifesting because of the environment we've created for ourselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's only going to get worse. I mean, you remember the Jetsons cartoon yeah. TV show, right? Yeah. So it's starting to look more and more. That's because like we're old, dude. Like- i know that's going back to like the early 90s like yeah it's it's unreal but yeah 80s um, isn't it it's 80s i I, I was gonna say that but i didn't want to go that far (laughs) 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 and i mean for them that was a dream right of of how i I mean if you can imagine the writers back then what they're writing about right it's like you know, now even in in movies and stuff like that, you see like the year twenty forty six back in two thousand, right? Well, we're yeah. in twenty twenty four, so we're getting a lot closer to that twenty forty six. We are, but... <laughs> yeah, we are, we are. Like, and even those, you know, those screens on the Jetsons that they use, yeah. those are like the old CRT monitors, man. Those are dated now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's 
technology is moving so fast, man. And yep. it's, it's how do we protect ourselves, right? How do we, you know, I work with, um, I work with a great organization here in Canada, Canadians for safe technology. And, um, I work very closely with a lot of, um, very high end building biologists. So I, I'm lucky in that sense that, you know, I, I'm, I have the uh, great people around me supporting and, um, it, it, it's fantastic. Um, in in terms of it allows me to reach out to them to see because they're leading edge and you know it, it's making me it, it run down that same road and so i honestly very strongly believe that it's the people around us that influence how we um live our lives and, yep. and, and so the support around us that it makes the biggest difference 100 percent, man 100 percent Mike, this has been fun. Uh, I'm really glad you hung out with us today. How can people find you? I know you're based yeah. in Toronto, but how can they find you? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the the, the best way is, um, I mean, you can go to our website at safeguard-solutions.ca. Um, you can also find us on Instagram as well, where um, all of my work is is on Instagram. I, I, I use it as a, a complete avenue. Um, for people to view and go in and see my work and learn and educate themselves on the different, uh, all the harmful effects of uh, electromagnetic fields. And we do a lot of mold testing as well. So um, yeah, our, our handle there on Instagram is safe underscore um, guard underscore solutions. Awesome. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. And y'all, he's not lying. This, his feed is full of tutorial videos and informational videos and it's an education uh in and of itself so make sure you check it out mike thanks for being here man this was a lot of fun yeah absolutely mike i appreciate uh the opportunity as well you bet and that'll do it for this edition of the natural man podcast check us out naturalmanpodcast.com wherever you get your podcasts and you can check us out on instagram same thing at natural man podcast I'm Mike C. Until next time, stay healthy. The Natural Man Podcast. Check us out. Naturalmanpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the, the Dean Blundell, Blundell Network. Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.